It's out with the moo and in with the new because today's episode is sponsored by the Coconut Club. Now, Lauren, you know I'm sceptical about plant-based alternatives, especially when it comes to my chocolate. I have to admit that the chocpots are my new guilty pleasure for a pick-me-up. But Jess, it isn't even guilty because they're 100 calories a pot, aren't they? It just gets better. <laughs> if you had to choose one of their products as your fave, what would it be? Okay, now hear me out because natural yogurt might sound boring as my choice, but I basically use it in everything. It's the one with the little blue tree on the front and it's amazing in smoothies for breakfast, curries for dinner, just so versatile. It's actually wild how creamy <laughs> the yogurts are considering there isn't any dairy in them. Even my gym going carnivore fiance eats them. Honestly, I, I barely got a look in when they sent us their new lemon flavoured yogurts this summer. Everyone get on board. Follow at Coconut Collab on Instagram to see more of the wonderful work they're doing. Today, we are joined by the author of one of our favourite books, Alexandra Potter. She wrote Confessions of a 40-something fuck-up a few years ago. It then got adapted for a TV series available on Disney+, Plus, and the sequel to the first book is coming out this summer. Alexandra, welcome to the Book Recos podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's our pleasure. Um, it's one of our favourite books, I'd say, wouldn't you, Lauren? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so today, I guess we need to mostly discuss the first book so that we don't give spoilers away for the second book. But fortunately, with all the wonderful characters and there's you know so many similar themes explored, that'll be really easy to do. We'll have loads to talk about. Um, so Alexandra, please can you kick us off by telling everyone what Confessions of a 40-something fuck-up is all about? Okay, so Confessions of a 40-something fuck-up is about a character called Nell and she finds herself at 40-something. Um, she's broken off her engagement, She her business has gone bust and she has to move back from America to the UK and she discovers that she can't afford to rent her own flat so she moves and she rents a room. She moves in with um, a man. He's, he's, uh, he owns a house, um, her landlord, Edward. And she discovers that all her friends are, well, they're all married with children now and they don't really have time for her. So she gets a job writing obituaries and she meets an 80 something widow called Cricket. And they form this really unlikely friendship because most of Cricket's friends have died. Um, so they both find themselves with no one to hang out with. So they hang out together and they go on all these really fantastic adventures together. And it's a really cool intergenerational friendship. Um, and you just see Nell, who's kind of she's like everybody else is their lives seem to be sorted and figured out. And everybody's got the guy and the children and the home and the job and 
Nell doesn't have any of that stuff. And so she starts uh, a secret podcast called The Confessions of a 40-something Fuck-Up, where she tells it like it is. And she says, this is my life and stuff hasn't worked out for me yeah. and I'm still trying to figure it out. And, um, and it seems to have struck a real chord with so many people of so many ages because they kind of, I get lots of messages from people telling me they are Nell. <laughs> that, they, that they are trying to figure it out and and the idea of the title is that she kind of feels like a fuck up but the idea is that nobody is a fuck up it's just society can make you feel like mm -hmm. that absolutely and I think that's the point everyone is Nell and that is the moral of the story like yeah. to to your point everybody is somewhat of a fuck up and for that reason I think many of us will resonate with now in the sense that your life maybe isn't how you imagined it would have been you know five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago and whether that's like Nell being 40 something and not having ticked some of any of the boxes that society tells you you should probably have ticked by now like marriage or kids or career or maybe it's you know you have all of those things but it still doesn't feel like your life looks the way you thought it would yes. feel like. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit less shiny and perfect. And for that reason, she starts her podcast. Is that something you too have felt at certain points in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think all through my life, really, um, there is a sort of perceived notion, definitely that by the age of, well, I felt it when I turned 30. Um, that I should have reached certain goals and ticked certain boxes. Um, I got married at 44. So, you know, in my 30s, all, a lot of my friends were getting married. Yeah. And, and I wasn't. And and so that's people. So then you get the pressure, you know, when you, you're, you know, when are you going to meet someone? When are you going to get married? And then, you know, and then by the time you're 40, I think you're supposed to have ticked all those boxes. And I was looking around and seeing lots of people I knew lots of friends and they hadn't you know that their lives were you know there are many different ways to live a life and also with social media then the pressure is to sort of have this perfect life and we all know that social media is you know it's the highlights real it's the highlights real and um you know it's kind of highly curated and lots of stuff on social media is not how it is in real life but people do compare themselves to social media and they find that their, their lives are messy and not anything like they're seeing on their phones. So that was something that I wanted to write about. And that's something that so many people yeah. um, relate to. Yeah. And it's it's weird that everybody is like, it's a highlights reel. Like <laughs> that's really common knowledge now. Yeah. But but it still is one. <laughs> like, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Just, I actually yeah. heard about that in the new book. At the, at the end of the new book, I have a reminder to anyone yes. that they're scrolling. <laughs> it's a highlights reel, but I do it. We all do yeah. it. It's, but it's actually, crazy. the most I, I sort of find that the more successful accounts now are the accounts which are flipping that mm -hmm. on its head mm -hmm. and showing the behind the scenes of not just Insta versus reality, but the parts of their lives that aren't going well as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's the stuff that's really interesting, isn't it? And that's the stuff that makes you connect to somebody. Because when somebody sort of is vulnerable and they tell you or they show you about the stuff that's not going right in their life, that's when you go, oh, me too. 
yeah you connect that way well that's I think exactly why Nell's secret (laughs) podcast get becomes not so secret you know becomes successful because so many people want to listen to it and reading the book I I kept thinking of Elizabeth Day's how to fail podcast and how it's actually our failures and imperfections and vulnerabilities which draw us to people because they're so much more identifiable than our successes um so I wondered if Nell were a guest (laughs) on how to fail how do you think she'd approach it gosh if Nell was a guest I think um well I think she'd be completely honest and I think that she would have lots of perceived failures um I think it would be a really good episode actually I think it I think it would be really (laughs) real because obviously I mean all failures are real but you know when there's like a a huge CEO saying they're failure it's still not as real as what what Nell deems to be a failure it's not a failure to not be married by the age of 40 exactly a lot of people would be able to relate well that's the thing because Nell I wanted to write Nell as somebody that's like all of us Mm. you know she she's kind of an ordinary woman living and you know perceived an ordinary life I mean we've all got extraordinary stories but I just wanted to make her like everybody and so the stuff that she talks about she's not a big CEO she's not some you know super successful person she's not she's just kind of like everybody and I think that's why I think that's why readers love her because they they see themselves in Nell and so when Nell admits all these things that she thinks she's failing at and like you say they're not failures there's the, the stuff that we all do mm. people laugh and they're like yeah me too <laughs> yeah um is she a fuck up I don't think she is I, I I really don't think she is I think that she feels like she is because stuff hasn't gone right but loads of stuff doesn't go right in life you know people get married and then they get divorced people get jobs yeah. get made redundant people make mistakes and there's a scene in the book with Cricket when they're in Spain and Cricket's saying to her, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to try and fail it, because that's because yeah. that's life. And, and, you know, so what? So what if you try and fail? So what if you make a mistake? You know, then yes. you learn from it and you move on. Uh, don't be afraid. And, um, and so, no, I, 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 I don't think she is at all. What so- I loved... I totally agree. And what I loved about both books was the message that the life you think you're striving towards will never actually arrive. Not really, because there'll always be something else and something more that you want once you get there. It's it's like a mirage, isn't it? Once you get there, it just keeps going further, further away. But um, something that I think you touch on so poignantly is how women in particular are set up to failure in this regard. Um, I'm actually going to read a a direct quote from the book, if that's all right. And this is the second book where Nell says, "Um, frankly, judging by the media headlines, I don't know how women find the time to do anything when we're supposed to be busy freezing eggs, looking hot in a bikini, giving birth, but not leaving it too late or starting too early while smashing it at our careers and baking (laughs) gluten-free brownies. And it really just got me thinking that you're, it's so right, like women in particular do have so many contradictory, contradictory um, expectations placed on them. And Nell is the, the epitome of that, of what happens when you have so many, you know, have babies, but don't leave it too late, but work on your career. And that's what happens when you almost, you're frozen to the spot of what do I do when 
everything is a contradiction. There's so much pressure. There is so much pressure on women. And I wanted to, that's what I wanted to write about how, yeah, I mean, and the messages that the media give to women, you know, like yeah. you say, you know, the, the don't leave it too late, freeze your eggs, have a career, get married, you know, go explore the world, smash that ceiling, yeah. do this, do that. It's like all these conflicting, contradictory messages and, and also look perfect, you know, yeah. you know give birth, wear a bikini a week later. Yeah. um snap back so there's yeah. all this stuff you're know, like you know be a baking gluten-free brownies it's that whole thing you know you're supposed to you're supposed to be doing all this stuff and it's just absolutely impossible and and I think that it's just overwhelming mm. and you know that's that's how the first book starts with Nell you know she just feels overwhelmed she just reads all these messages and she's like I'm just not I'm not smashing it at, at any of these things yeah um and I do think the media is terrible for that um and you've got to try and ignore it but it's really hard yeah yeah and that is I don't know if you've seen the Barbie movie yet no I haven't I'm dying to see it you it's almost like you have seen it and I would say that people that have gone to see it and loved it would absolutely love both confessions and more confessions of a 47 fuck up because at the uh towards the end of the film America Ferreira gives a really like this long speech that basically says like the quote that Lauren's just read it's so similar it's like be a mum but don't but do do your career do this do that that." and it's like so empowering and I actually watched the film with my mum who would get all of that but also my two younger sisters and I sort of listened to speech like god do they understand this I hope they don't but when will they kind of get all these pressures because I'm sure it's a when not an if and and I guess you know that's it, the book is so relatable. I, I have had someone ask me, well, I, I'm not 40. And I was like, yeah, no, neither am I. And it's yeah. so relatable because actually yeah. it's about the societal pressures. And I guess, you know, you're like, oh, everybody loves Nell. I guess that's why everybody also loves cricket yeah. because yeah. cricket is, she's the Jiminy cricket you need. She's yeah. the little voice <laughs> on your shoulder that that's like that, you know, that keeps you true that reminds you of what's important that tells you who gives a fuck about that we, we <laughs> love cricket so please can we talk a little bit about cricket I adore yeah her. so cricket <laughs> I do you know what I love cricket I um I made, cricket, I made well. yeah mm. well I made cricket up I just I wanted Nell to have an older friend um I wanted her to um my mum's in her 80s my mum's got a lot of friends in her 80s and they're leading interesting fun adventurous lives and all I can see represented today is kind of um little old ladies or women that become invisible and I I wanted to break that myth and write a character who is who is in her 80s who is a widow but she's still out there living a fantastic life and she's still She's still um, relevant. She's still interested. She's witty. She's wise. She's just got so much to offer. So I created this character. And um, since, and then lots of people said to me, gosh, I wish I knew a cricket. And I said, crickets are everywhere. Yeah. Look, they're out there. Listen for the crickets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so cricket's this really great person because when Nell's like, oh my God, you know, I've got to start again and I'm in my forties. This woman's like, I've got to start again and I'm in my eighties. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry about it. And she's full of all this fantastic advice. And and I do think as you get older, you just don't give a shit anymore yeah. about what people think. 
And Cricket really embodies that. And she's a really fantastic person for Nell. And I think a lot of people, when they've read this book, they've said, you know, how much they love Cricket. Yeah. For that reason, because she is that voice in your head, isn't she? Telling yeah. you not to worry about it. Yeah. She's a dreamboat. And you just mentioned that, you know, when women get older, they're almost invisible. I'm currently yeah. reading a book. I wonder if you've read it. I think it comes out next month. It's called Invisible Women. And no, it's about, I haven't. Okay, I can't remember who it's by. It's in, oh, no, it's over there. It's by Helen Paris. Um, and it's about a 50-year-old woman and a 70-year-old woman, and they both just feel like they're invisible. And so they sort of band together to save this allotment that the 70-year-old adores. Oh, but that's them. what I... Uh, the, it's, the it's lovely. I got, yeah, well, it's... But Cricket says, you know, the twist is you feel invisible, but that's your superpower. Exactly. Yeah. Turn that around. Yeah. Because if you're invisible, you can do what the hell you want. <laughs> and yeah. so she, you know, and so that's, you know, she kind of puts a spin on things. That's always yeah. a positive spin. You don't know what you're doing. Well, that's great. That means that you can go off and explore new things and new possibilities and go on a different mm-hmm. path. And so, um, so yeah, that, that sounds a great book, Invisible Women. Yeah. Be more cricket is what I'm yeah. hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, be more cricket. <laughs> and right before we started recording you was you were starting to tell us about um the title and the swear word in the title how <laughs> how does that come about then when you're sort of you know going on your publicity tours for the book and talking about it do you ever have to yeah yes, yes. Well, I I had this title for this I didn't have this book in my mind, but I had this title for about 15 years. And I always thought this this would be a great title for a book. And I kind of, I put it in my ideas folder that I have on my laptop and it stayed there. And then when I had this idea that what I wanted to write about, I just thought this is is the title for the book. And luckily my editor and my publisher loved this title. So they were really excited about it. But then we found as we sort of was trying to get some reviews and stuff that people were a little nervous about it. They didn't like the swear word. And so there was this kind of panicked meeting about should we change the title? And I was very against changing it because I love it. Yeah. And luckily for me, so did my editor. So we kept the title. And then what happened is, well, the pandemic happened. So the book then was delayed for six months. And then by the time the book came out, nobody gave a fuck about the title. (laughs) (laughs) Because we'd just gone through a pandemic. We had other things. Yeah, we had other things to worry about than a four-letter word. Though I do find that on some radio, you know, I've done done radio Mm. and they've said to me before, can we call it F up? And I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Because I realise that, you know, you can't always be swearing. And I think that's what, that's definitely the reason why when they made the TV show in the States... Um, they changed the title because they couldn't have the um the I see. And that actually leads us nicely on <laughs> very nicely, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um the TV adaptation, Not Dead Yet, yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Firstly, thank how you. did it come about? I'm so, um, I'm always so curious to know. Yeah. Well, it came about actually before the book was even published. Um the book was sent oh, wow. out to yeah, it was sent out to lots of production companies in England and the uh, America. And uh, quite a lot of people were interested. And I had lots of Zooms with different people. And um, one, uh, I met a couple of producers and they were like, we see this as a TV show. 
we totally see this as a TV show. And um, they loved it, these two guys, actually. And they would quote bits of the book back to me. <laughs> and so I uh, went on my gut and I said, absolutely, you know, yes, you can have it. Go make a TV show. And it happened really, really quickly. They got some fantastic um, head writers. They call them showrunners in the U.S. who had written for This Is Us. And wow. then they um, they did a pilot. I got to watch the pilot and then I heard the news that it had been picked up and it was going to be a series. Um, and then I went out to L.A. and I watched them filming the series and I met all the actors oh and I went on stages. And it was a dream come true. I mean, it was amazing, amazing to see it. Yeah, I bet. And there's a fun new twist on yes. your book in yes. the series which when I went to watch it I saw that there was Disney Plus had put fantasy as a genre and I was like oh, really and then when I watched it, I was like oh I understand why I don't know whether to say or not or if it's a spoiler yeah, because I I... Yeah, so yeah. basically in the series whenever she gets the obituary of someone to write they pop up almost as like a ghost and she's the only one that can see them so it helps her write the obituaries because she gets to know the person she kind of interviews them there and then but also it gets really annoying like there's um a couple of musicians and like <laughs> there's you know so it's 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 a very fun twist and I get you know I get that when there's a book you have to add certain things in for television so I wondered whose idea was that how did you feel about that idea if it wasn't yours and and how did and were you involved in bringing that new element of it to life that's it's really interesting actually because I remember when the producer told me about this twist they were giving the book and I think he was a little nervous and I just started laughing because I said you do realize that for years and years I used to write romantic comedies with a magical twist that oh, was wow. kind of my that was kind of my unique selling point so I wrote books about you know time travel meeting yourself you know when you were 21 um what would it be like to date Mr. Darcy? Um, I wrote a book about, um, gosh, I, I wrote a book about kissing under the Bridge of Sighs in Venice, which, you know, guarantees everlasting love. And then what happens if this kind of spell comes true and you can't get rid of your soulmate? So I used to write that kind of stuff. So for me, it wasn't really a departure. But funnily enough, when I'd written Confessions of a Bodysome Fuck Up, I didn't put a twist in. I thought, you know what, yeah. I'm just going to keep this really real. So I, I actually really loved that idea. Mm. And what I really liked about it was that a TV series is so different from a novel because you've got an episode, you know, so yeah. there was 13 episodes and it's, it's kind of like, what can we, how can we keep bringing, how can we keep bringing the show back every week? And so for them, they had the genius idea of she can see the person that she's writing the obituary about. And it, and it became a fantastic uh, vehicle for a guest star. So yes. every week you have this new guest star that comes yeah. along and then gives her this little life lesson. Um, and then the show ends. So that was, that was a, they call it like a story engine. So that was a really neat idea. And then yeah. obviously I, when I met the writers, they were kind of bouncing ideas around for what guest stars they would have. Um, and I mean, there's a really funny, there's a funny one where they have an influencer and uh, she's a social media influencer and she's taking a selfie, I think, and she comes step back. <laughs> yeah. and kills her. You know, there's some really funny stuff in there. And so, um, so no, I, I, I really liked it. And I very early on took the, took the view that the book was going to be different now. It was, you know, they yeah. were a TV show and it was going, it was going to be the same story of Nell and Cricket and her friends, but they were going to do something new with it. 
and I had to let it go and go along with the ride and enjoy it for something new yeah yeah and and so I think because I did that mentally I shifted I've really enjoyed the whole process and you've got the best of both worlds yeah the sounds of it as well yeah. you've got your you know true to reality um book but then you also got your fantasy element yeah and your twist in the series yes. and also Gina Rodriguez is like the perfect casting for, for now yeah no, she's brilliant she's isn't brilliant. she? brilliant yeah yeah she's so great I and she's yeah, she's just wonderful. I think she really brings that kind of warmth. Um, she's really funny. And then there's some, but she's got a real depth and yeah. she does really yeah. poignant, heartbreaking stuff um, in some of those episodes. And I um, no, I was thrilled when they cast Gina. So this is a cheeky question that we always ask because you're just about to bring out a new book. Um, but what, what what's next? What What's in the future after this book? Do we get to keep meeting Nell and Cricket is there any more of them is there another TV you know is there another series coming out or a whole other book because we also love your book One Good Thing which is just oh gorgeous. thank you yeah so yeah I wonder what, what else can we expect um well the next I I there will be a new book after more confessions um and it will be um a, a standalone it will be a completely okay. new book with completely new characters um but there is definitely more confessions to come is there? Oh, oh my god! So oh, exciting! What would that be called? Like more and more confession, even more? I don't know. How no, I think <laughs> the title I have for the third one at the moment is Fifty and No Fucks to Give." No, love so, that. And you heard that here because I haven't told anyone about that yet. Are we that allowed is, to put that in? The that's podcast? an exclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. okay. <laughs> so yeah, no. So that would be. Um, that can be. You know. Nell's thinking about coming up to that age and yeah. dear god is it a bikini selfie <laughs> that is fucking fabulous and I'm so excited I can't wait because <laughs> when it ends yeah, I, I mean like, I, I really just, hope yeah there is sorry, a thing. when when I finished reading the book I was like there's there's room here mm. there's a there's another story to tell here and I was almost too scared to ask in case you're like, no, nope, oh, no. we've got Gosh, to characters to rest now. I mean, they've become like, they're like old friends. Yeah. yeah. Like visiting old friends and they've definitely got lots more stories to tell. I mean, there's lots more Nell and Cricket and all of her friends and yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely another book, if not several more books. I could go on forever with these guys, Great. but I just thought I would write another whole new story first and then we'll bring out. Yeah. Confession. Amazing. Well, I know you've got a dog walk to guess on. Yeah. Um, but a question we always ask our guests on the podcast is have you got a reco, a book reco of a book to leave our audiences with? So whether it's a fan favorite or, or a new book that you've just read. I just read, but I'm probably quite late to this one, um, Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, yeah, Which, so I loved it I just absolutely loved that book and um I I really look forward to getting into bed at night and reading it yeah and I um I just thought it was brilliant I, I and I actually messaged um the author mm-hmm. Bonnie Garmus and I I kind of fan mailed her <laughs> on Instagram and was like listen you probably get thousands of messages but I just want to say this was fantastic and she very sweetly replied and said thank you so much um you know you know that's really kind of you to say and I just because I know how difficult it is to write a, a book and I know and her characters just leapt off the page yeah 
Elizabeth Zott and 6.30, the dog. And, so yeah, so that's one that I keep telling everybody to read. I think yeah. it was, and it had such an important message. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, we actually had Bonnie on our podcast talking about the book and the best part of the whole interview was she told us that 6.30 was actually based off of one of her own dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Who's so super it's a, smart. Who's just like a super smart dog and like knows German and can answer <laughs> in German, like absolutely <laughs> wild. Well, have and you it's... ever seen, there's an Instagram account where they, someone was teaching their dog how to talk and they have letters on the floor and they press it with their paw and they, so they can, you know, See, tell them when they want to go out for a walk of... or when they want to go out and have some food or, and it's absolutely amazing. What does it, what does now call it? Joy scrolling when it's yes. the opposite of doom yeah. scrolling. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's no, the that's kind the... of joy scrolling. I'm, no, I'm I love that. For. They're the funny cat videos and the dogs that do amazing stuff and yeah. I think we all need to do a bit of joy scrolling. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk to thank us today. Thank you so the much sequel, for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. The sequel, More Confessions of a 40-something Fuck-Up, comes out on August 17th, unless you're in an airport and you can go and grab your coffee at WH Smith's. Um, and that's thank all. You. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. It's been um, It's been really fun to chat. And to meet you in real life. Yes. <laughs> After so much of the evidence. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And make sure you share our podcast with your reading buddy, because they might like to listen too. And if you don't already, then follow us on Instagram at Book Records for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. See you next week. We'll be here.